As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. In this episode, we're running headfirst into all sorts of new hobbies and distractions and D and D. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a great episode. I'm I'm sure of it. I see what you did there. It took me the entire intro to figure it out. But you said running headfirst. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm Travis. Hey, everybody. I'm Brandon. And welcome to Apathetic Enthusiasm, a show for you, a show for us, a show for everyone that you know. And there are so many ways that you can tell everyone you know about this show. I don't want to jump right into that, though. Let's no. I want to ask. Why would, why would we get that out of the way first? Yeah. Who needs housekeeping? I want it to be interesting when people show up. I want them yeah. to I want them to be like, hey, here's a new show. They're already talking about their social media stuff. Ugh. I don't even know if I like them enough to follow them, let alone follow their social media. But like, <laughs> I, whoever's yeah. saying this is, is kind of weird. But yeah, welcome, welcome to the show, Travis. How are you doing? You wanna you wanna lead the way on that? Yeah, sure. I'm fine. There's two I'm, questions I'm doing there. Good. There's two uh, questions there. <laughs> I I would like to lead the way, and I'm doing great, Brandon. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm. I mean. Okay, so I had a long weekend. I took a little bit of time off work. Um, so so I'm wrapping up the fourth day of a four-day weekend. And it's weird when, I don't know, like sometimes on a long weekend you feel really rested. Sometimes you're like really productive and you feel really accomplished. And I'm just in this weird like gray area where like I did a lot of things. Um like some things were productive and then like today was kind of just like lazy too. And we just like hung out and I, I got stuff done around the house, but at the end of the day, I was just like, all right, like weird. I guess I, I guess I'm going to work and contribute to the economy tomorrow. I guess I could do that. Isn't that so weird? <laughs> Sometimes when you start the weekend, just so productive that by the end of it, you have nothing to do anymore. All your chores, all your miscellaneous things that, your spouse or your kids want to do or out of the way. And you're like, 
I don't know what I want to do with this free time anymore. <laughs> I guess, guess I could paint something. I don't know. Like, and even even then, like, well, I could paint. I could work on a resume. I could play Xbox. And then you spend about 45 minutes to an hour thinking about what you want to do that you're like, the next thing you know, you wake up on the couch and it's been, <laughs> and it's been three hours. Yeah. Yeah. It, that was funny. Like I, it was about two hours before we were supposed to start recording and I was like, well, I ate dinner. Uh, what could I do between now and when we make a podcast? It's not really enough time to paint. And then I was like, well, actually, no, that's plenty of time. I, I could easily add a few thin coats to this, this mini and then still have plenty of time to get ready for a podcast. And especially a podcast as uh, deliberate and intentional and structured as this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I really, really have the time to, to put all that in. There's so. so much time. I want to talk about all the stuff that happened basically this weekend but let's go ahead and get after the things that we we have to get this out of the way, folks. Folks, I call everybody folks Sorry. now. It's our it's our <laughs> contractual obligations as podcasters. You can find us over on social media, starting with Twitter at Apathusiast. He is at Juggalmino. I am at Barnyard Cruise. Facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show. Email is apathetic enthusiasm show at gmail.com. Instagram, apathetic underscore enthusiasm. Website, apathetic enthusiasm.com. You can find us on twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm Mondays or whenever we do decide to record. And following that show, we are on YouTube, youtube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm. You can buy our affection $1 at a time out of 25 to 30. It's at tpublic, apathetic enthusiasm.com slash shop. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash apathetic enthusiasm. And if you want to help us survive or if you want to start your own podcast, more, more importantly, Head to Blueberry.com and use the code AEPOD for two months. It used to be one month, but now it's two months free of Double podcast hosting. Boom, 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 boom. And there you go. It's done. It. It's out of the way. We can move on with our lives. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you. Brandon, while you were talking about buying our love, um, it made me think about hearts. Mm. And it made me think about um, Valentine's Day. a heart. Oh. No. <laughs> uh, that's the day that we skipped podcasting last week. That's right. Uh, talking about making a heart shape with your hands. If I was to say, Brandon, make a heart shape with your hands. Okay. Brandon is doing the classic, all four, uh, fingers up top curved with the thumbs pointed down in a somewhat curve. Uh, that is his heart, right? Um, that's the heart I've always known. Uh, I've, 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 I've done for a long time, but the kids these days, they're different. They're uh, my, my oldest makes a heart with like the index fingers oh. and then just like the middle fingers. And it's like, like, that's the thing or yeah, oh, that's like, gotta like be that. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, the new heart. That's, that's what the cool kids are doing. We're, so, it, we're part of the different you know. generation, different generation. Right. Travis. Yeah. Do we, we go like this. With our pinky and, and, and thumb out to to pantomime a, f a phone call, while while the young the young people just put their hands up like this now, flat <laughs> flat palm. Do do they? Uh yeah. There's like huh. studies about that about how kids, uh, especially like very young children, 
uh, like behavioral psychologists and stuff will be like, okay, pretend to be on the phone. And they will just put their hand up like that because they don't know the phones that we grew up with, the landline phones. They just know like iPhones and right, right. Know, mini tablet the, type things. The flat so. electronics. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, pretty soon they'll just be like, put my AirPods in and walk around. <laughs> yeah. Pretend you're on the phone. I'm on the phone. No hand Buy signals sell. at all. Buy, sell. <laughs> Alexa. Give me that crypto. <laughs> hey, uh, I need a non-fungible token. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't want to get into that. I never want to dedicate a podcast to that. <laughs> hey, uh, Travis. Because there's plenty of people that have it covered. <laughs> Travis, do me a favor. On camera right now, hold up the number three with your fingers. Okay. It, so you. Uh, index middle ring. Index middle ring. Okay. That's how I that that's how I did it when Chelsea asked and and my kid asked. And evidently they saw this on maybe Instagram, maybe on TikTok, something like that, where they said that that older men will hold either the three with the, the thumb pointer and the middle finger or yeah. or the uh pinky ring and middle finger. Okay. And so far it hasn't been accurate because most people will do do the three unless they're from the UK yeah. and then they do like the the, the three so, with the thumb. So that's very interesting because the thumb index middle that is three in American Sign Language. That's the number three oh. in ASL because if you go index middle ring, w. that is W. Right? Yeah. Um, if you're making that 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 OK symbol with your last three fingers. Um, that's the sign of a good three pointer in, in basketball. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it could be maybe your baseball fans go uh, thumb for the three. Oh, maybe your basketball fans, you know, are, are like this. And then uh, the people like us that stay inside most of the time and, <laughs> and, and print miniatures, uh, we're, we're just doing a, a, a W. I've so. asked a lot of people that question in the last couple of weeks in the three middle fingers are the kind of the standard. And as a matter of fact, I was watching there will be blood again. For, I drink your milk for the 50 billionth time. And there's a scene in the movie where Daniel Plainview holds up three fingers for uh, some, some drinks. And I paused it and I took a screenshot of it. And I said, Jesse, Jesse, please. <laughs> it did it here too. Anyway, okay, okay, I was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's what let's move on from from finger pointing at things and let's get into some some topics, some burning topics. And oh yeah, quick the oh, okay. Ewok in in chat mentioning the OK symbol has been linked to racism. That is true. That is yes. very true as well. It's OK. It's also the number 3 and it's also racism. So, yeah, I I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm pretty pissed that that uh has been has been co-opted by terrible white supremacist type people that flash that symbol uh as as a racist symbol because as a fan of basketball um that has been used to signify three pointers and uh for a long time it was like a way to celebrate yeah i got a three pointer you know this flash it up there and stuff uh many of the nba players that i've seen use that symbol 
very sure that yeah. they are not white supremacists. Yeah, like, yeah um, three point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Russell Westbrook used to have a thing where he would like ha- do the threes on each side and then like like throw them down like he was uh, holstering like his his guns or whatever. Yeah, um, love that three point celebration. Um, so yeah, so that's that's that Con- is context is everything, of course. Sure. As as far as this goes, when the OK symbol thing became a became a thing. That circle game that that people used to play, where like, oh yeah, the, the, the circle be- below the waist, and then you punch somebody or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, when I was in Tampa, they they had been playing that game for years, and then this all this stuff rolled around. Like we can't play that anymore, everybody. Yeah, it's no longer yeah. a thing. So now we just have to punch people indiscriminately. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look at this, and then you just punch them. They don't even have to look. You just. Right yeah. in the right in the junk, <laughs> punching the junk. That's the game. Oh, talk, all right. Let's talk about a punch in the junk, uh, and and we'll start with uh, a little thing we call a running program. So, <laughs> did did we? Did, I don't know that we covered this actually officially on the last podcast. We we, we may have talked to it a little bit, but I, I don't know if we fully covered it. I think we talked to it, and then on the post show we start went into it in more depth. But then promptly we're like, no one's paying attention to us. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and talk about yeah, this just between absolutely. you and us, you, you and me. Uh, so yeah. yeah, let let us let us talk about running. What happened at the start of the new year uh, was I wanted to even slightly before the start of the new year, I wanted to start running, and I wanted to start running for me, not for my job. Not for anything else. I wanted to get into the habit myself of of running, and so I had started a uh, a ten k training plan, and that lasted about four weeks. and And I got into into the habit of okay, all right, cool. I'm running more, I'm running more. And then I wanted to get ready for a a ten k that is at the end of the year. And to do that, I needed, I wanted to have a training plan that just that went on a long time, which is a marathon running plan. And so you and I talked about that and you're like, well, maybe a little bit before the details are cloudy, but I I wanted to pull you into it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, and I'm sure we've talked about this before. We've utilized the Nike run club app for uh, years. I, um, I've been using the Nike programs to track my running for pro- like over a decade, I think at this point, back when you had to put chips in your shoe and all kinds of c- craziness like that. Right. And, you know, almost 10 years ago now, I, uh, ran my first half marathon, uh, my first couple of those. And I used those Nike training plans in their app, uh, to train for those. So I, I really do like how they, they build their plans and, and how they can, um, you know, just help you like push towards those goals. And so when you said you were training for a 10 K, um, I mean, this time last year I was running 10 Ks you know, a couple times a month. So I was like, you know what? I, I've dropped off, you know, in that. And I need to, I need to pick things back up. I need to get back in the game. 2022 is going to be my year for getting back and running. Brandon's already got a head start. Send me that plan. You send me that 10 K plan that you're training and, <laughs> uh, and I'll get, I'll get right on it. No, I see, I see no where this issue is going. for me. I, I see where this is going. Okay. I open the phone. <laughs> I look, 
Brandon, this this is a half marathon plan. <laughs> and your response is like, yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. It'll, it's, it'll, it'll be fine. Like, we should just do it anyway. <laughs> and it has been fine, hasn't it, Travis? We're only in week two. Yes. <laughs> have you done, have you looked ahead in, have you, have you, have you read ahead to tr- what some of the weeks we have in I, our future? I try like? not to because I, I tend to <laughs> squeeze my shins uh, every, every day nowadays and be like, it's okay, babies. It's okay. This will all be over. This will all be over some, someday. No, I haven't, I haven't looked ahead. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to look ahead. I know it's going to take up so much more of my time. Um, yeah, well, but you know, it's, it's strange. I used, I ran a fair amount, maybe about 10 years ago and I maybe not as much as I'm running now. And the, there's a little bit of difference here for me here in the sense that it, I don't Maybe I have somebody, maybe I have somebody being you, uh, to, to help kind of shame each other and to, to keep going, but also, I would run a mile and a half or three miles and then be super tired. And like the next day, the next couple of days, I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Uh, but even t- yesterday I ran four miles and there's a speed thing, speed run, which I didn't do, but I could have, I, yeah, I, I felt, I was like, Oh, I could, I could do that again because I've been doing it so much. Right. I, I fully expected today after that four miler, which they're right before the run before the four mile run was a recovery run, but you were supposed to run for 35 minutes and my <laughs> recovery pace, I guess uh, I was at like three and a half, almost like 3.7 miles or something on the recovery run. So I was like, Oh crap. That's almost, that's almost a four miler already. <laughs> so back to back, I ran almost eight miles uh, in, in two days, or I guess, I guess we took a day off in between. Uh, but yeah, I was, I, and right after that recovery run, I was like, Oh, I don't, I, I, I was happy to have a down day and then ran the four miler felt good running it. Uh, despite the crazy wind that the aforementioned wind mm-hmm. that was sweeping through the planes. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I, I did that four mile run expected to be really sore today and felt like, yeah, no, I could, I can knock out a fart lick if I have to. Uh, which for those that are not familiar is a, is a running term and not the act of licking farts. That's, that's right. Which the, the Nike plus coaches will remind you every single time that you have a run a fart lick is, Hey, this is coach Bennett. Today we're doing the fart lick run. (laughs) It's a Swedish term, but it's not for farting. No, every time, every time I'm like, yeah, I don't need this. I don't need this joke. We get it, every coach. Time. We yeah. get it. I'm in week uh, six, <laughs> coach. <laughs> um, seeing as you brought him up, how's your relationship with Coach Bennett right now? Uh, are how often are you running with him, and how do you feel about his uh, his unique sense, his his coaching style? His coaching style is telling me that I'm the coach, which is which is cool. I tend not to listen to the guided runs except for the speed runs uh, with, with intervals and fart licks. So, so speed runs primarily, if it's a long run, I don't, I don't need them periodically motivating me because I know I'm 
maintaining one pace and I'm, I don't need the motivation necessarily, but if I'm doing a speed, they're kind of leading me into, okay, now cut it off here. Now go ahead and in your recovery pace. Yeah. And now we're going to go into the next one. It, yeah. it saves me a little bit of mental effort while I'm running to know which one I have to go into next. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you completely with that. The, I would hate to have to manage that on my own with the with the intervals and speed runs where if I had to be like looking at my phone and being like, oh, that's a minute. And now I know I have to like drop it down or, or pick up the pace. Just having that in, in my in my ears is way easier. Do you use the the guided coaching for anything else? Uh, for the recovery run, I passed on it. I did not do it for the, the last recovery run I did for the first recovery run this week. Mm-hmm. Um, which was only like a 30, no, it was only like a 15 minute run. Like yeah. it was, it was short and all of the coaching for it was just, Hey, here's the different runs that we have to look forward to this week. And here's what we're going to focus on. And, and so for that, it's just kind of like, all right, that, didn't really help me in the run and it just interrupted my playlist more than anything. (laughs) So I didn't, I don't think I will use it for recovery runs much anymore, but I will say like I did use it for the four mile run Mm. and I would, I would say that it does help me. I, I do appreciate the coaching as, as cornball as it can be sometimes. And, and some of the jokes that they try to to sneak in there and things I, yeah, it's, it's just cheesy uh, occasionally. Their, but, their jokes are like somebody trying to joke on a zoom call where, yeah. where there's no a scripted zoom call. There's no feedback back to, to them to where they know that they're doing badly <laughs> or, or not. Yeah. Yeah, but sure. Like, okay, yeah, nice, nice try. Nice try. Cute. And sometimes you get sometimes you get an ironic chuckle out of it just because yeah. that joke was very bad and I'm running and I'm like, okay, all right, okay, that's stupid. But I I think what it does for me is it replaces my inner voice with mm. the inner voice of a running professional. Yeah. Which I will say my inner voice when I'm running now, because I've done a lot of those guided runs in the past, I do some of those men- mental checks on myself already where I'm like, all right, how is my breathing right now? How are my legs feeling? Am I getting more sluggish? Do I need like, so I already, I already do some of that out of, out of habit, but that is the thing that I I actually do appreciate about those guided runs is it's, it's training your mental, you know, checklist for when you're running because, and it, it may sound cliche or things like that, but a lot of running is really mental and your, your body will often kind of just get into a groove or push past certain things that you feel like you, you can't really do. Obviously I'm not saying anyone can jump off the couch and go run a 10 K and, and feel great. But if you've if you've trained your body enough, there is still a mental barrier that you sometimes have to pass through. And I think I think that those guided runs do help you build that confidence, uh, check in with yourself, and give you the right things to think about to help you um, 
finish out some of those runs. Yeah, the mental the mental walls and barriers that exist. It does sound cliche, but it it's true. Just as a small example, I might be so in my head about running or or my speed and just like focusing on my my legs and my breathing. And, oh, I'm tired or uh should I be I shouldn't keep keep your head up Brandon and don't look at the the road or or whatever this. And and then somebody will be mowing their lawn or just in their driveway as I run past. And then I pass them up and as I pass them up and get, you know, maybe uh, half a block down from them, then I start slowing down again and I and I di- hadn't didn't realize until I was past them that I sped up because they were there watching or not even watching yeah. just the the presence of them the presence of others yeah knowing that they were there like my my focus shifted from me out of my autopilot focusing on me realized they were there kind of got distracted by them and then i pushed myself faster without even knowing it and i think those coaches sometimes get that sense put that sense in you where they're talking to you and you're listening to them that that inner voice replacing that inner voice of you and you don't even realize that you have pushed yourself further, possibly faster than you would have done just on your own. So it's in- it's interesting. Yeah, and uh, I will say off the the four mile run, I would say the last mile, um, almost mile and a half of that run, the the coaches were not going into long, you know, several minute descriptions. They were like, "Hey, you've got, you know, you've got a thousand meters left." You know, you're doing great. Keep pushing. Remember to do this or that. You've got 500. Like, like it was just, they were just in there to just keep motivating you to be like, hey, you're almost there. Keep moving. You know, we'll, I'll see you at the finish line, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I don't know. I, I will continue to probably use it definitely again for the speed runs. Some of those longer runs, depending on how, how the weeks go, uh, the, I, I will use those recoveries for me time. <laughs> um, but uh, otherwise, yeah, I, I think, I mean, the training plans are great. If anybody is thinking about getting into running um, or really just any sort of fitness program on your own, I I cannot recommend the Nike Training Club and Nike Run Club apps enough. They They always get me into a better place, like physically, uh, than I was when I started. I've done a few training programs. Uh, the running programs continue to be really helpful. So, yeah, highly highly recommend them. Right on, not, right on. Not a not a paid advertisement. <laughs> I I will I'll give one of the long run training guided plans a a shot one of these days. I mean, I've got plenty of time to to check it out. The four yeah, miles like th- in three weeks we'll be running like eight miles. So. <laughs> the the four miler that i did i was listening to the latest episode of critical role trying to catch up um that's that's a good idea um so trying to trying to catch up on the latest exploits of the the gang and um and you know what speaking of inner voices yeah no it's it's a good it's a good distraction when they're doing stupid shit and you're like instead of focusing on oh i gotta go up this long ass hill again it's why why would you do that? Why would you roll that? <laughs> that that type of stuff. Yeah, I I find I 
don't typically like listening to podcasts or audiobooks or anything like that. When I'm running, I just I I've, I feel like I try to get in the zone with music and things like that. But I feel like that's a good opportunity, especially um, you know, in say six weeks from now when we've got you know eight mile runs and and nine and a half mile runs. Um, yeah, that's that's a good time to catch up on some critical role because I am way behind and it's just like four hour episodes almost or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to catch <laughs> up on that carve out four hours every week. What really uh, helps is when yeah. you when you skip all the boring stuff. Wait, yeah, there you go. Because admittedly, there are some there is some good stuff in there. The role playing, the characters developing, some combat, right? But there are things where it it's the trappings of D and D in general, which is going to the store and looking at items to buy and and yeah, <laughs> picking out yeah. outfits and stuff like that. In game ecosystems, yeah, and, and whatnot. Or, or sitting in a, in a tavern for basically two hours doing no uh, like story development, and it's all character development. And yeah. that one, like, okay, right, skip in thirty minutes. Anything new? Nope. Skip 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I you... guess, I guess that, but see, I always, I always get so wrapped up in, that's like how we're different with, with spoilers and things like that. Right. Where I'm like, Oh, I want to hear every detail about, you know, what's going on and, and what, how the characters got to that point. Yeah. And you're like, eh, let's move on more plot. Uh, I'll look it up on Wikipedia. It's fine. <laughs> do you, do you feel that your listening to critical role has impacted positively or negatively um your approach to playing D D or 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 some of the ways that you try to play D D as a group yeah well i i the critical role running thing was a perfect segue into talking about D D now as far yeah, as thank like you for you, calling it out after we flawlessly transitioned yeah, from one topic to the yeah, other. yeah yeah i want to make sure uh this just in brandon ruined segue uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it has. I, I think I think it has influenced me because I have been listening to to it a lot in the car. Usually when I'm not sleepy, that's the best time for me to listen to mm, Critical Role. Yeah. Um and we've done two sessions since since I've started listening a lot more. Two of our main sessions with our our buddy John, uh my brother Brett and my friend Brian. And the last session, not this one that we did Saturday, but the one before it was the first time that I, I felt, you know what? I, I don't want to try to stop doing silly voices and, and silly character stuff. Like I didn't want to do, I, I'm like seeing how the critical role people do it. They're very, very into character, very into RP and very, you know, Oh, Oh. And then they, they whisper into uh, Orem. Oh, and the, the, everything is super dramatic. And I howdy, I'm fresh cut grass. <laughs> fresh cut grass. Uh, F, FCG is the best. But um, I realized, you know, that's not what I want to do. I want to let, let let's let's play this game. And so, like yeah. the last session we did, uh, I kind of tried to stop being silly or try stop trying to be a performer and just try to play the game with you guys. Yeah. And I think that. I feel different about the sessions because in that session, we, there was a heist situation in our college campaign esque campaign yeah. where we had to go steal 
the the trophy from this other rival college and instead of getting into like gags and trying to joke around i was actively saying well hey let's get a plan together and in that is different i think something that i picked up from critical role is okay we're we're planning to do a quest or a job how are we going to do it let's figure it out before we get there and and in the course of that, you also do a little bit of role playing on the side, just in weaving that into the building, the plans and the locations yeah. you go to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would I would. I wouldn't say I've noticed a major change, but I, I do I do see you more, you know, focused on keep keeping keeping the the game on track as opposed to just being like. All right, let me just let me just throw a giant wrench into this. Uh your brother is a little bit more um still aligned with that where he's like, let me just be chaotic at times and uh let's let's just do something, you know, off the wall or immediately kill somebody just cuz like why not we're adventuring. Um which a lot of D&D players do mm-hmm. and and is is fine as a way to play. Um but there was there was almost like a little bit of brotherly communication uh what two nights ago when we played where it was like he 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 offered up an idea and you're like well what if we just uh you know <laughs> play it straight do 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 this thing normal and uh yeah which we were down a party member so um yeah there's yeah. there more room for uh us to just kind of have a say in what was going on <laughs> that, that's and, that's yeah. r- that's right well 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 i remember that i remember that uh oh it was uh, because we're trying. We had the the job was our professor wanted us to go to this bathhouse and talk him up to the the proprietor there, uh, Salamandra Sa- uh, Sa- Salamantha Salamantha <laughs> Salamander Salamander Yeah, and and Brett will um. It, Brett wanted to do something that would kind of throw the wrench in the game as far as our relationship with the teacher and get in and which logically like you're going to make us fail that class. <laughs> He's going to be pissed off at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and so there was a back and forth and, and Brett, Brett is, Brett is a little more of a troll when it, when it comes to that stuff. Um, sure. and, and, and not that I, not that I don't mind that, that thing but we did start late and want to try to keep on track with making progress and make everyone feel like they got something out of the 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 session sure and the way the jobs were lined up it just it worked out for us because this bathhouse was a thing uh your character pierce clawthorn wanted to throw a college party which was on saturday that's right right. there was a there was gonna be a rager can't wait next session (laughs) it's the part the party session yeah, yeah, and and on the job board there was a job at the local church where there's an organ playing at night, and so we we did this whole thing where we we walked over to the church and then we talked to them and they said ah, it happens at midnight. Like okay, well let's let we have to kill some time. So then we went to the tavern, and then at the tavern we saw a bunch of characters that we had already been introduced to over the last couple of sessions. We did some role playing. Salamantha's daughter, Sally Salamander, was there. Who was a waitress? Who's, who's in our a, a rival uh, in in school, <laughs> right? From our from our group. So yeah, that, yeah. that was good stuff. 
Um, and she was disgruntled to be working a part-time <laughs> job while, while in community adventuring college. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, there was all the talking about weaving the role playing into the, the actual questing of the game that, that was, that was very apparent to me this last, last session. Yeah. Um, and then also I want to shack. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. I, and honestly, it was something that popped into my head from listening to critical role where they would they do something called rollies right which is just like an in-game game where they roll dice against each other and it's it's one of the ways that they gamble or their 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 characters gamble uh, against each other and so i we were we were genuinely trying to kill time to wait for this haunted organ to fire up and we're in the tavern. I was like, hey, is anybody playing cards? Is anybody? And and in a little bit, I mean, like, I'm not trying to catch our DM off guard, but <laughs> hey, I'm going to throw this out there. Is there is there a card game going on? Is there somebody, you know, betting something around? Can I get as an old half orc, you know, ne'er-do-well, can I get involved in some in some gambling uh, and, and John was like, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, there's cards happening. There's this, uh, play some bets, roll some dice. And in the middle of that, you and your character being of wealthy heritage, you're like, money is no big thing. Let me throw out a <laughs> hundred gold. <laughs> and it wasn't that cocky. I was <laughs> okay. Fair enough. You were not, but somebody <laughs> John decided that somebody would call your bet by putting the keys to their shack <laughs> out on the table and you won and you I won that bet and I won. I won. And I was so, I, I want to ask John, I haven't asked him yet. Like if, if it was a straight roll, if he rolled a straight D 20 as well, or, or if like behind the scenes he had, you know, hit the dude rolled with advantage because it was a shack that I was going to win. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I won it. And then at first I thought, I don't want to be a dick. I should, I should give this, I should give the shack back to him. But then I thought, well, you know, it, I did win it. I should, what's, what's the rent? Maybe I could charge him rent. And then did a history check to, to see like what the, if I knew what the rental prices were in that area. <laughs> and so now that dude owes me a gold a week starting in two weeks. Yeah. You're, you became a landlord in our last session. <laughs> You're already investing in real estate as uh, as as a D and D player. I need so. to write. I need to write to my father and, and tell him the good news. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I I I really like our sessions. I think we got a great group right now that we're playing with, and um, it's just a, it's a fun environment. I think for John is incredibly talented and very um, familiar from where where we are now from where we were as D&D noobs you know a few years ago he he's just does a great job of you know developing uh fun and interesting premises mm-hmm. and and you know one-off adventures and things like that and the whole Goblindale Adventuring Academy is uh, he just continues to build on it, and it just keeps getting better. So um, it's a lot of fun, and now we're leveling up to level four. That's right, getting getting stronger. Uh, you know, figuring out these new spells and and new abilities, and yeah, it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. Uh, today I DM'd 
for my wife and 10 year old. All uh, right. And uh, so that using the, the essentials kit, which is the ice spire uh, with a, with the dragon. You, yeah, there you go. You got it back there. And knock Morty off the shelf, the, the kid, he rolled a, a turtle. Uh, I pulled his character off D and D and D beyond built him a turtle wizard. And my wife is a Kenku rogue. And the, it's it pretty, pretty fun. It's her first experience playing D and D. He had played like the D and D kind of board game, which has D and D factors to it, but it's not pure D and D. And they, they're in gateway the, game gateway. Exactly. Yeah. They're in the town. They're at the job board. They, they took a job. They went to get, tell these dwarves that there's a, a white, a uh, white dragon flying around and they need to come back. And they said, Hey, we'll go back. But if you can help us clear out this temple, there's, there's some monster in there. And so they went in there and they fought a yellow ochre or ochre jelly. And, uh, <laughs> Chelsea almost died, but they defeated Aww. it with some, you know, DM dice fudging, some, some fudgy rolls. <laughs> and then they left and then they fought two two orcs. They kicked the orcs orcs butt and that was that was it. And like, okay. Cool. The kid loved it. He's like that is so much more fun than that that board game. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea, yeah, it is. Chelsea is not, I don't know if she's super convinced yet. We were distracted because we're in the middle of trying to buy a house at the same time. Oh yeah. Um, that can be very distracting. <laughs> uh, but I, I think we're, we're, we're going to keep going and I'm going to get, keep them going as well. So, which will come in handy, especially for the kid when you and I co DM for our kids collectively. Yeah. My, my son has mentioned it a couple times this week. He's like, Hey, when can we make my character? When can we do this stuff? So, um, I, my goal is to get that done this week. He was watching like a random YouTube video and then he just turns to me. He's like, dad, are there like monkey characters in D and D? And I like look it up and there's some like homebrew, like ape type. And I'm like, yeah, you could obviously just take stat blocks and, and characteristics from another thing and homebrew it out. Like, yeah, you want to be a, a monkey dude? Yeah, we'll work it out. Like, we'll figure it out. Um, he he His first time playing, he was a dragonborn, and he just thought his guy was so cool. Hmm. Um, my my oldest, she's really more focused on the minis now. <laughs> uh, she, uh, I was like, yeah, we're going to make a character. And she's like, well, once we do, can you print a mini of it? <laughs> I was like, I probably could. And it would probably be very helpful if we were playing in person to have miniatures to move around. So, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that we can do this week. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Get the whole, get the whole family involved. Nice. Uh, nice. So. Yeah, I I forced John to let me into one of his other campaign one shots, uh, so I'm making a a, a walrus creature <laughs> eventually to to help out uh, help out those those characters. Just one shotty, just to to f around. I don't have time to Can do I tell any more you campaigns. That, that is a a comfort zone I have not breached yet, and that is playing strangers games with other people other than our group oh i um yeah i just 
I don't know. I feel like our flavor of D&D is probably pretty standard for how most people probably play. But for some reason, I just think of it as ours and what we do, even though I <laughs> literally listen to podcasts of people playing and it's it's not. It's us. Yeah, it's 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 essentially the same. So my thought is like, all right, I'm going to go like I certainly don't have these books memorized. Um, and I think that's apparent as we play as a group, uh, what I'm like, what are, what are my spells? <laughs> um, but so I guess there's a bit of an intimidation factor there to go to another group and have some sort of expectation to be like, no, this, this beast has a, you know, DC of this and you should know that blah, blah, or whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know any of that stuff. So, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Most people that play D and D are pretty welcoming i think too so yeah you're you're um, you're right though the first time i played with anybody else was with brett and his friends and that was in person and we had yeah. we have had basically up until that point in time exclusively done online and so to do it in person is just still the only way i've played i've never played in person period yeah. oh not even with your your family you didn't do i guess that yeah i guess i'll count that one time yeah. when they when they begrudgingly sat at the table with me on my birthday yeah. and appeased dad for a game of uh dungeons and dragons yeah i i will say like like the like tossing the dice and stuff like that it it, it does it changes things up because i have to actually do math um <laughs> but um yeah yeah it, it's it's weird playing with with different people because it feels different even when we bring somebody new and when I say we, I mean me, I bring somebody random that nobody's ever met before <laughs> to, to play a one shot yeah. or my brother-in-law or whomever it's, I am always on the side with this kind of, Oh God. Oh, oh how this, I hope this turns out well, even though I know, I know it will, I just know it is a different team dynamic when you add somebody sure. in because you don't yeah. know how, how forceful or passive or chaotic they're going to be. The chaotic part I think is, uh, is always a concern for me because I'll hear people at work talking about, Oh, we had a D and D session last night and so-and-so like inverted the world or like, <laughs> Oh, we collapsed a moon. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, what level are you guys? How are you doing this? Um, and meanwhile, we're like, let's let's tease our classmate at the tavern <laughs> like, you know like we're we're a little bit more uh i don't know innocuous but um yeah i i i think that everybody's gonna have different play styles and i think you can feel that out and over time you know over you know the course of an hour or so you could probably i don't know i'm a bit of a chameleon in terms of how my social interactions so i i kind of try to go to the same level as those around me and so yeah, you just feel it out. And yeah. Yes, and for for the rest of the the time. Yeah, and I'll say that I I probably, especially after John's one shot, the first one shot he did, that that caused drama but between us because my character was an asshole, and uh, you know that seeing what that does to the dynamics of our friendship. Like, sure. yeah, don't need to do it. I don't need to do that type of stuff. And so I worry that other people come in to do that as well because it is a collaborative game. We should, we should all be having fun. And if somebody's screwing around and screwing with everybody else, then, you know, then I'm, then I'm kind of hesitant about it. So far, we yeah, have heard that. a lot of stories of, of games that go that way. And it makes me like, hmm, I don't, I don't know if I want to be part of that. Yeah. But, you know, maybe 
I, there's, there's the other part of me that's like, I want to play in a group of eight people. Like, I want to try that. I want to see what it's like to be in a game with like a full party and lots of, you know, I mean, we talk, we've talked, name dropped Critical Role enough times, but they have a lot of different people. And, and sometimes it's, it's a lot because everybody's trying to get their, their piece in there and share, sharing time with everybody mm-hmm. can, can be challenging with, with a larger group. But it allows for some of those holes that we find ourselves in, in terms of, well, we don't really have a healer. We don't really have, mm-hmm. you know, somebody with a lot of damage dealing or things like that. Our, our party is doing okay for the three of us. Yeah. Um, but a couple of extra people wouldn't hurt in terms <laughs> of, you know, uh, covering our bases. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, for, for us, there's the Air Force Gaming League on, on Discord. A bunch of Air yeah. Force dudes. They, I, I've done a couple of one shots with them, uh, and the, they're they're welcoming, they're friendly. There's a bunch of them, and everybody everybody wants everybody else to succeed, especially because they know that uh, they probably know somebody that they work with. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, what's the thing called? That's like the official D and D. Like, is it like a venturing league or something like we, that? Uh, yeah, the venturing league. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you like you actually like have you have to like track your character and all the games you play in and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And you you progressively but you can like take that character around to like different parties and different games so long as you um you know manage it correctly. Yeah. Then you can um that's that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. That that I feel like is is would be a big step out of my comfort zone. But uh I think that'd be interesting to play with that dynamic and understand leveling a character past level five, which I feel like I've never really done. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we started at like five once or something, but yeah, yeah. I, I early, early on when we started playing, that was kind of one of the things that was interesting to me. And that I had hoped that we were, would be able to do is even if we had like a series of, of one shots, which essentially a campaign is a series of one shots. If we really stop and think about it, uh, but the idea was if we if we had a character, a consistent character that we can, you know, move over here, pull them into different worlds, essentially all the things that you, I, me, John uh, have done, it's all it's all connected in, in weird ways. Uh, and so like my first character, Healy Dan, then Lou Gossett Sr., you know, they, the, the adopted turned out to be his father. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know Kevin who played with us and he's in he's. Uh, in the middle of jobs right now, he had one of his characters he had in two different one shots that he was using. Um, I like the idea of of being able to use those characters and they, you know, over and over again. I think when we go ahead, go ahead. I was, was, go ahead. Let's just keep doing this for the next 30 minutes. (laughs) I think when we, when we played the initial starter set, (laughs) I would say that really was, while it may have felt like a series of one shots, it really was a campaign in the sense of there was an overarching story where each of the one shots, maybe it was go to this dungeon, rescue a person, but that person had information about another place or they were trying to go find this, you know, temple, this dungeon for a specific relic, things like that. And so as you guys moved through all these different encounters and places like that, it was all building towards that big bad, that, that story that 
you know, somebody else was affecting everything else. Um, to me, I like that idea. I think I, I would love to get into a situation where we played characters for a long period of time that worked through campaigns like that. And maybe, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's say we get through Goblindale and we all graduate. Do these characters then go off as a band of adventurers to other places to, you know, for, you know, various reasons. Do we just shake hands at graduation <laughs> at each other on Facebook and then never talk again? Like what, you know, what happens? So, yeah. um, do, do they, and, and that, do yeah. they, do they get a, a teaching gig over at a different college and they find Montana James teaching there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's right. I forgot about old Monty James. Oh, Monty. Yeah. 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 You know, that that's that's the cool thing about D&D and listening to Critical Role. They have callbacks to all of their previous campaigns, all their one shots, all these different things that I'm in. We're in season three and they refer to a lot of stuff. I it goes past my head. But then John was like, oh, did you listen to this this last episode? And I said, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, the this this gnome character that's a reference to a christmas one shot they had a couple years back like oh okay all right that that makes sense but there's fun stuff dude yeah. that is yeah. just little breadcrumbs well, we, we, we did that within our games too oh, yeah. where we would you know talk about mushrooms talk about <laughs> yeah. you know bad bad cooks and you know also all sorts of things so um Real quick, mm-hmm. I know I asked about Vox Machina before, and you like abruptly said no. Uh, still, still anti the animated Critical Role uh, series on on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I'm just I'm not interested in it en- enough. I, although I will say they're all talented voice actors. I think that with an actual written script and them doing those characters, probably more tolerable than the idea of listening to them for four hours at a time and not make it past their bedroom window. All right. Fair enough. I, I am curious a little bit about, I want to watch like an episode or two. Is it just them playing, playing D and D and then they animated over it? Or did they like, did they take the events of a D and D campaign and then sort of script that out? and and replay it like basically if if we were to take what is it essentially improv D D and then boil that down to a condensed storyline pull all the the thinking and deliberation and dice rolling probably out of it and then make an animated series out of that is that what it is or is it like is it actual just I, I don't know. It's that to me is, is interesting. I, I would ha- I have to look it up. I'm trying to look at a website to talk about it here. I imagine that it has to be, if not scripted, it has to be at least edited a fair amount because you, yeah. Yeah. To, in order to have a visual medium, you have to have some kind of story beats <laughs> beginning yeah. and middle end. And it can't last for four hours. It has to, it has to be shortened. So even if it's not scripted, at the very least, it is edited to be coherent and succinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I, I've seen weird clips on social media where it shows, like, 
them at the critical role table, like saying a line and then showing the animated character, like saying the same line. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I'm like, Oh, that's okay. That's interesting. I'm, I'm going to watch one. I'm going to watch one this week and then we'll come back in you know, a week or two and, uh, and, I'll, I'll I'll update you yeah. on, on what I find out. So <laughs> it might be like Reno nine one one where they they took all of the audio, all the video, and then some poor bastard editor <laughs> was behind the scenes having to put it all together, yeah. just crying, just crying, going through his third divorce because you've just been stuck in the editor's room the entire time. Yeah, yeah. could be, could be, <laughs> it could be. Um, we, right. I mean, we have other topics that we we could have potentially discussed but wouldn't you know it we're 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 coming in on close to an hour here brandon so any any final thoughts or 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 quick quick topics you want to you want to touch on before we get out here final thoughts i would say the last episode of rounding the bases is going to release here on wednesday or so uh old robbie old matt they're heading to greener pastures, which I don't know what those pastures look like. Matt, Matt has a, is a a newscaster, as you know, and uh, he works for television. And so doing a podcast on the side probably isn't the most beneficial uh, for that or uh, accept acceptable practice. And so, uh, you know, he needs to support his family. So he's going to run off and do that. Uh, And Robbie is going to continue thinking about his creative avenues further and who knows if I'm busy uh, later on down the road, good handful of months, perhaps a year, maybe help him out and do and get him started on something else. But Beautiful. no promises, well, Robbie. No piece, promises. Piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I, I will say uh, congrats to those guys on a great run. Um, I mean, they... They they had a good following there for for a period of time, and uh, I appreciate them coming and being part of this show uh, before before they hit those greener pastures. And uh, yeah, good, you know, best 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 of luck to both of them. Best of luck, and as always to everyone listening, everybody who stopped in briefly on Twitch to listen to us. Thank you so much for being a part of this, even if it's Absolutely. for a second. The support yeah. is felt and appreciated. So thank you. And now I'm going to go eat some macaroni and cheese. Ooh, delicious. <laughs> delicious macaroni Stouffer's. and cheese. Oh, oh, all baked up. You got breadcrumbs on that stuff? Ooh, I don't, but I might. I might oh, go get some bread oh. crumbies. I had some sweet ramen today. It wasn't sweet. It was spicy. It was the, what is it? The, oh, uh, what is it? The shoon? No. What is it? Comes that red package, the oh, mm, uh, the the show show shum show, yeah, it's starts with, the shoo shoo. <laughs> it starts uh, with an sh, uh, yeah, but, but it's good. It's, it's delicious. It was delicious. So uh, and I put some like uh, strips of steak in it. Oh, oh uh, anyway, um, anyway, guys, that's our show. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we love you. Come back next time. Don't forget every Monday night we tend to be recording these at about i don't know 6 p.m pacific time uh that'd be nine o'clock uh on, on the east coast uh join us go go over to that twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm and uh, be part of the show we'd love to have you oh i have i have one last plug travis and that's this saturday which is the 26th of february it's 
the rematch we've all been waiting for. It's the the intergalactic Uno Cup. That's right. Dr. Strike, my alter ego, is playing Uno against uh Dean Matt. Uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Another three another three hours of Uno. I lost last time. I uh, Dean just came back and just destroyed it's bullshit. This is, this is your chance. This is your chance to to get to put it all on the line <laughs> and 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 come back in a blaze of glory. All on the line. So head over to my Twitter at Barnyard Cruise where you can see me tweet the the link out for this Saturday. Uh, there'll be clips out there on on Twitch. We'll put those out on on YouTube as well. But I want to throw that out there. And I think that that's it. Thanks for watching. We'll see you here next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.